0: All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. Last episode, we got to hear from Terrence Gant and Tim King. They are both selfless men who are giving their all to the next generation through their love of coaching. Thank you for being on, and keep us posted on your ventures in the future. In this episode, we bring in a true entrepreneur. I met him on my last trip to Korea in 2008. He was the battalion commander's driver and he was proud of being selected for this position. He kept the vehicle immaculate. There was days I'd see him and this Army Major's driver out there competing with each other to see how shiny they can get them vehicles. He also maintained it to ensure safety. His hard work and staying hungry caused him to move up to the Brigade Commander's driver's position. In this position, he was the same way, and by the time he, had, he left, he had risen from a brand-new soldier, private, up to sergeant. He is a model for being humble, humble, staying hungry, and continuing the hustle. So without further ado, let's get Mr. Charles Davis Jr. on here. All right, everyone. uh, Welcome to the Misfit Nation. And Charles Davis Jr., a veteran, an entrepreneur, overall great dude, was a DJ in Korea, a promoter in Korea. And when I think of hustle, I think of Charles Davis. So everybody... From Charles Davis
1: In. Hey, how, how's everybody doing? And thank you for the great introduction as Hey, well. no
0: problem. great to have you on. Uh, when I started this Entrepreneur Series, I, always, I kept seeing your post. I said, I got to get him on here. We had to wait for a clock to align <laughs> yeah. to get you on here. So here we are. So tell me a little about uh, how you've been doing lately. Or you can just tell your whole story from whatever point you want through your service to where you are now
1: uh well let's see it's kind of crazy because you know how for a lot of us um i guess the time that military service um is kind of like a lure a little bit yeah (laughs) so and it's crazy because you i I guess i guess you don't really look at life the way you look at life if that's right we had to say until you get out and um I guess I say, uh, you know, when you go to uh what is it, A CAP and you're sitting inside that room and they're they're telling you, hey, like, you know, um things I guess geared towards like a support system, you know right. what I'm saying? And I guess for me, um the biggest thing that kept me afloat was the support system because like I said, it, it's just I don't know, I I, I the ACAP classes that we all kind of just pre right. we actually wound up using them once we got out. I guess if that's the right it way is. to say Um Yeah, so it's like, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, different life situations, uh, you know, the things that we go through. Um, and like I said, it's just, um, uh, I don't know, like I said, just long, long story short. Um, once I got out, that's when I really realized, uh, I guess my true purpose. Um, and I, th- I guess for me, you know, I, I you know, I was kind of young, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of hard to really, um, I guess, comprehend a lot of things really until you reach your thirties. Right. You know? So, and I guess looking back now, um, I guess some days, I mean, I, I do miss being in, um, but some days I really think, I say, like, hey, you know, now as a 32-year-old, um, I kind of wish that I would have did, did some things a little better when I was in the service. Okay. You know? So uh, I know you, you guys, so, you started. A, I don't know. I, I you know, like I said, I'm not. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're, you're uh, good. I, sure. I think I cut you off. initially. actually Oh, my, okay, my, so uh, I know, like, when
0: you got out, you uh, you worked uh, different jobs when you first got out. You were trying a lot of different uh, things at first, and then you realized you, you realized your potential as a yeah. basically a small business owner. I think you had um, the bread route, the bread yeah. truck at one time. You were delivering bread throughout Georgia, I believe. And then, yeah, and then you yeah, moved on to something board. else after that. What was that after that? Uh, actually, um, uh, that, that's when I
1: kind of. Uh, I guess experimented with the whole lease oh. purchase truck driving thing, and that that yeah, uh-huh. and that's when you were still yeah. living
0: in uh, Georgia, right, at that time. Okay, okay. before you decided uh, yeah. to move uh, south yeah. to get some beach mm-hmm. time, get the tan going on mm-hmm. down there in Jacksonville.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: I know you're still not a Jacksonville Jaguars uh-huh. fan, but you're in their town now, so you got to see posters of Trevor Lawrence uh, everywhere in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, that, that's kind of funny with that you say that because everybody keeps ragging on me. T- oh, how are you? Yeah, uh, Carolina Panthers fan, but at least you know your at least one of your teams is a, uh, is a <laughs> cat, like the Jaguars. So you know they kind of cut me a little bit of slack on that. You know, that's something <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh huh. You know, but and and see, it, and and that's the thing about it. You know, when when you say the the trying different things. Um, because that's kind of where I was gearing at, I guess, when you asked me the first question, because, you know, trying different things, um, a lot of people, you know, they'll basically quit, you know, uh, they're quitting to give up, but it's one thing, like I said, that the military, um, you know, I believe it teaches all of us, all of us veterans that, you know, um, no matter what you do in life, um, should apply the army values, (laughs) to the civilian sector and you'll basically make it, um, in anything. And in addition, um, just because something didn't work out doesn't mean that you failed at it. It's it's a learning experience, you know? So, and I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned. Um, like I said, just not to look at, you know, what we perceive as negative things as negative things, you know, oh, yeah. so it's a learning experience whatever doesn't
0: kill you makes you stronger. That's uh, a lot of people need to start exactly. looking at. And that, it's funny to say that. You take that army values and yeah. you get out. You were a good soldier. And you got out and you remember that. Even those soldiers who say they hate the military, they hate the army, blah blah blah. I'm getting out. When they get out, what's the first thing they tell their employer? I was a soldier. I can do it for you because I have these values. Exactly. So they, even though they hate it while they're in,
1: they sell it while they're out. Everyone remembers it as they go forward. Yeah. Mhm. That's true, you know. And to be honest with you um it 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 sets the different mentalities apart from each other. And like I said, you know, some people they look at it in a negative light as oh, you think you're better. No, doesn't necessarily think that, you know, as veterans that were better um it's just taking that sacrifice to serve um it does something to you, you know. And in a in a sense, I mean, you kind of like I say, you're not better than the next person, but you're different than the average person. It's like you have to, it's like you have the extra edge on you um, to really look at situations differently. Um, you know, exactly. And person, we, you, know? you wind
0: up with a, a totally different mindset. Say the, the guy or girl you went to high school with, they went one path, they went to college right away, yeah. or went to a trade or something. You went in the army. The Army teaches us a mindset, a mindset to do things one uh, the best way we possibly can to get that success. And then when you come back out, you come out with yeah. that same mindset. And it's ingrained in you now to keep that success, along with all the lessons you learned as a youth from your parents, from your mentors that you're growing up. Mm. And it just sets us apart. It doesn't, like you said, it doesn't make us better. It doesn't make us uh, boastful. It just, It's just something that happens.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's very uh, you
0: alluded a little to your transition yeah. from being a soldier. Uh, how how tough was it for you as you're transitioning?
1: Well, to be honest with you, my dad. Um, well, well, shoot, for me it was it was kind of easy because my dad my dad's actually retired. He's seven. Um, he retired back in '98. Okay. Yeah. So, um, growing up in the military, um, to my dad, you know what he went through. When he got out in '98 um, from the time of, um, like I said, even as a kid, I used to volunteer uh, at the hospital on Fort warden. So basically watching other service members through the years, um, for me, is I mean, I, I just kind of prepared, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I properly prepared for it, but I prepared for it in, I guess, a great way. Uh, because one thing that I did, um, I actually sat down and thought about what I wanted to do when I got out. And I knew that, um, like I said, I uh I you know, matter of fact, that's how me and you cross paths. Mm-hmm. I was a driver, uh, for the battalion command mm-hmm. three or fourth. So uh the years of driving, um, I guess that's when I realized, you know, um, just networking with so many great people, uh, I realized my true potential at things. So when I got out of the military, I said, Hey, you know, I wanna drive and travel the country and stuff like that. So, um, uh, when I was stationed at Fort Campbell, at nighttime, I would take night classes at Millermont wow. Technical College for CDL school. So when I, let's say about a month and a half before I signed out for ETS leave, I had already graduated CDL school. And I had my post 911 GI bill to pay for it. Um, so basically, like I said, I signed out from the unit um, and nice. I went straight into a job, you know. That's almost that's yeah. the perfect one there. So, <laughs> yeah mhm so like like I said it's just um long story short, it's just you know observing and seeing um how even some of my own soldiers uh some of the stuff that they doing right. you know, and um, like I said, it's just hey, uh pay attention and <laughs> pick the best route <laughs> you know
0: definitely I mean, you gotta you gotta choose you gotta take a each person's experience that you've seen before you and see what worked for them and what you think might work for you and kind of blend it together into some master master plan, I guess, or master goal list to push you forward to your success, Yeah. which leads us to where you are now. So Mm. you're a, I guess, you're an independent contractor trucker, I guess that's what they call it.
1: Yeah. So how do you Mm. get your, uh,
0: your routes and stuff?
1: Uh well well generally um, the company that I'm doing the independent contractor stuff through um, they actually have well they have their own in-house loads and stuff but in addition um, I can actually go on like a broker load boards and um, basically just negotiate a price and like I said the broker gets a percent- a percentage uh the company gets a percentage and then I get a percentage of it as well. Plus, like the fuel surcharge and all the other types of stuff like so that. So, what's the
0: furthest route you have done so far?
1: Uh, I'll say from Jacksonville up to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. Yeah.
0: Two totally different mm-hmm. weather patterns there. That's, yeah. that's pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and I actually, when I went, and got my um the truck back in February. Um, let's just let's just say when I touched down. Oh, no! when I took off in Atlanta, it was like 60 degrees, and when I touched down in Minnesota, it was like <laughs> negative 20. <laughs> and um, it was only a um, I think it was like a five hour flight. And I remember my girlfriend, you know, she, she's actually uh, Rochelle, she's actually from Detroit, so I, I remember vividly Rochelle was like, Charles, you know, you sure you don't want to bring a bigger coat than that? I'm like, nah, nah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm okay. <laughs> And as soon as I got off the plane, I'm like, yeah, I should have listened to Rush.
0: <laughs> that big coat would work right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I should have got some thermal socks. I should have got, see, so yeah, I should have got some warmer, uh, warmer clothes. That's how I should've did, but uh, yeah, I think yeah. right about the same time I flew yeah.
0: to, I flew either to, I did a layover in Minnesota, went to Colorado. And then the next week I went to Wisconsin to about uh, I took off from Campbell. It was I think sixty-two or sixty-four degrees. I got there was minus five. I yeah. had it was <laughs> it was a eye opener.
1: Yeah, it really is. You know, and 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 I think at that point of time, uh, they had like a cold blast that lasted. Matter of fact, that was the same week that uh Tennessee got out of gas, snow. You Back in February, I believe. Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Because I remember when I um I actually flew back home and I flew back up and I, but I drove and um I was on Interstate 24 coming through um Kentucky and Tennessee and like like the roads are too bad. So I basically stopped at the um I think it's the Loves up in uh I think it's Oak Grove. Yeah. Yeah, the one over Oak Grove. So yeah, it's pretty interesting, you know, being back in the Clarksville area and seeing all that snow on the ground. Once
0: every six years, we get it. <laughs> and it's yeah. and every time, it's the same thing. Everything shuts down.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. Because, matter of fact, when, when I was stationed up there in um, 2013, that was the last time. It yeah, last 13,
0: day. 14. Yeah, it was the last time.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember I out of the townhouse off a tiny town road, and I I, just, I I tried to break the ice up in my driveway and I broke my shovel. <laughs> like, like, like the uh, actual oh, wow. metal part. <laughs> yeah. That block of ice, like, it, it was no chopping that up at all. So, yeah, of my, of
0: my three vehicles, uh, the only one I can drive around when the storm
1: was my Jeep. So, no, having that. Yeah. yeah about so? That's that's always good to have. Just drop four-wheel
0: drive and go wherever you want to go. The downside with Mm -hmm. all the stuff they put on the roads uh, has destroyed my driveway, so I'll have to fix that later. Yeah. So um,
1: are you a member of
0: any veteran entrepreneur groups?
1: Uh, Actually, I'm not, and I need to do a better job. Well, I need to. I need to, I need to like actually become a member of an actual veterans, uh, entrepreneur groups. Now, I am a member of the um of the the veterans of foreign wars here in Jacksonville, uh, which I know is a, a little bit quite different than a veterans veterans entrepreneur group. Um, but like I said, I'm just you know I I, I need to do it better. I need I need to actually, uh, be more proactive. Check yeah, uh, out you know? Bunker Labs. They
0: do a lot of things for entrepreneurs. They and they also build your network. So if you want to get with other guys who have the same mindset as you, do the same thing. You guys can notes and see how to get better.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just wrote them down. I'm I'm gonna check them out when we get off of here.
0: So during your your uh, your long 32 years of life, you're still a young man. So, who are your (laughs) top three mentors, and what was the best advice that each have given you?
1: Well, come on. You know, of course, my number, my first mentor I'm going to name is you. (laughs) Because I'll put it to you like this. Now, I always remember you as the CoolCom Collect NCO. Uh, You worked in S3, right? Yeah, see? I remember, yeah. You were the CoolCom Collect NCO that worked in S3. Um, And I remember I used to come over to the office, and we used to have, um, you know, great conversations just about life. You know, and like I said, you know, it's just funny how, like I said, just through the years, um, things come back to you, you know. And like I said, actually, the, my three mentors, they all come from that time frame. So the first one is you. Uh, the second one would be uh, the battalion commander, um, Colonel uh, France. Nice. So and the uh, the third one. Uh, when I went to the brigade, here'd be the brigade commander, uh, Wilton Cho. Oh, yes. So, yeah, so basically, um, like I said, it's just out of the three of y'all, like y'all always took the time to actually, um, I guess, converse, uh, talk about life. Um, y'all gave real advice that, like I said, just when I got into my 30s, Like I said, it's just, you know, I can actually think back at the conversations and be like, wow, wait a second. Like, now it makes sense. (laughs) You know, and and yeah, and I see, and and I remember the main thing that all three of y'all always try to tell me life is about the 10% of the things that happen to you, and the 90% is um, catered or it comes from how you react to the 10% or what happens to you. Exactly. Um, because like I said, it just I you know at, at that point of life, you know, between, you know 2007, 2008, and 2009. Um, like I said, I I feel like I was at a time frame where, I guess I was trying to still figure myself out, you know. Um, you know, like I said, and and, and it's just back then I didn't really. I, I understood what y'all was saying, but it really didn't make sense until years later. Right. You know, yeah. So, cause like I said, I could look back now, and I'm like, wow, like you know, you you just look back at the ways how you used to think about things. I mean, now it seems easy, <laughs> you know. But, 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 like I said, just I, I just always been grateful. Um, you know, to just be surrounded by great people. I mean, and of course, like I said. Um, I could name more mentors, but like I said, the list is just oh, yeah. too long, you know. And because, and cause, I mean, when I think back now, just the whole, the whole crew from back then, you know, it was just full of great people. You know, yeah, we had
0: a pretty good, uh, I guess, organization uh, as far as NCOs and stuff and and soldier uh, relationships. Not a, yeah, they weren't off the line relationships. They were pretty much a uh, everyone knew what each other was doing and how to take care of each other. It was actually pretty good in both units. When we were at three oh fourth and then when we both moved down to brigade, it was the same thing, the same mentality yeah. when we got we got down there, look out for each other and take care of each other. That's how you go
1: Exactly. hmm You know, and, and that and that's the thing, it's just, you know, even um, you know, that was the time of um you know, just great military leadership and they they were just all about progression, you know what I'm saying? Um, like I said, just Coming, going from the battalion down to the brigade, you know, Tommy oh, yeah. um, I mean, could shoot. You can even look at on, on my standpoint. I was a little yeah. TFC, you know, and it's just, you know, just just giving the opportunity to, to go to the brigade and experience new things. Um, like I said, it's just, you know, I, I was I, I was at a loss for words, you know, and and I I, I kind of think, um, I guess for me that's. I mean, I I guess I would never have anything negative to say about the military um, because of the actual exposure uh, to things, you know, that, you know, honestly, that like a lot of younger soldiers didn't, you know, get the experience. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, and it's just I I just never really took that for granted. And
0: you kind of were given a after you excelled as Colonel Francis driver, you kind of worked your way out of that position by excelling. To make you move down the brigade yeah. and say, "Hey, hey, you're doing that good for a battalion uh, commander. You're going to do that well for a brigade commander." So you worked your way the and into yeah. another job just within your first couple of years in the military.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and see the thing about it is, um, it was like I said, one thing that I was always taught by my dad, it was uh, your the first impression is the last one impression. So and that that's basically how I got the job at the brigade. Um, it was I think it was a, a UFG. And we had to pick up um Colonel Chase uh from the helipad. And it's just, like I said, the, the, the vehicle was spotless. Um, uh, like you could just tell that I was the type of driver that cared about my job. You know, and the biggest thing, um, like I said, you know, when when you're a commander, you got a driver, it's not about the, it's not about the 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 uh, what's the word I want to use? Uh to be flashy, you know what I'm saying? And that's one thing I can say about, the, about about those two commanders. Like they 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 weren't about the glit and the glam and, and the flashiness, but it's just you can tell that I genuinely I genuinely cared about my job. And the biggest thing is the people that you surround yourself with are a representation of you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I just always try to go by the, that principle and that's basically how that happened, you know. And it just out of the village. Like, hey, you want to come to the brigade and work up there? And I'm like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> and Colonel Francis is like, hey, I mean, just an- answer the question, guys. Okay, cool, I guess. You know? So, yeah, because because yeah, at that point in time, they they had a lot of people PCS and out of the brigade command right. group, so they was trying to find replacements and stuff like that. So, and of course, you know, you want somebody you can trust up there working in that type of environment too. You know, especially
0: someone that knows the roads already a little bit. Yeah. Because I remember, remember coming oh, out of yeah. the S3 shop and seeing you and uh Corporal Kim, both of you cleaning your vehicles up to try to match each other to show who's be better as being a driver <laughs> every time.
1: Yeah. Putting mm-hmm. that best control. That's true. Yeah.
0: So if you had to do all yeah, that over cool. again,
1: would you change anything? Uh actually I wouldn't because I guess it goes back to the original principles. um, I guess that I kind of said earlier, it's kind of like no matter what happens to you in life, it's never a bad situation, a bad experience. Um, Something happens negative. So I feel like everything that I went through that was quote unquote negative in life, um, I wouldn't be who I am today without those experiences. Yeah. You know? So, and like I said, I, I I just really think that if, you know, if our society as a whole, you know, just operate off that mentality, you know, we'll, we'll I mean, the world will be a better place. And you definitely. Know? And I think
0: if a lot of people stop thinking of the me instead of the we, it'd be a lot better as
1: well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's
0: more, That's more, true. More than me or you in this world is a lot of us. And we... Yeah, we together could make it a lot of changes. Me alone, I can't make changes. I can make a lot of noise.
1: That's true, you know. Because like I said, I, um, you know, even as like I said, uh, some days I miss. You know, of course, we all miss the military. Some days, um, but like I said, just I guess some days I have those thoughts of, uh, yeah, hmm, if I was still in the military how would I go about, you know, X, Y, Z situation? Like, especially like, you know, when you're reading those, uh, the Army Times stories, mm-hmm. there's stuff going on in the military and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> it's really not good news. You know? You know <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it's just, you just see different stories and you're just like, what was going through that NCO's head? Or, or sometimes, I mean, classic, you know how it is. It's kind of like, if an NCO is, is, or a soldier is doing something, it, it, all it takes is that one NCO to talk to the person, or talk to the soldier or the uh, other fellow NCO and just have a simple conversation and they kind of get their mind wrapped around what's going right. on, you know? Uh, like I said, it just I, I really think those are the things that I miss the most, you know? Just those personal moments of just being there for one another. Oh, yeah, you know? definitely.
0: I mean, my first year out, I did nothing really. For 365 days, I, I sat home and uh, decompressed kind of. Until I found my until yeah. I found my first grown up job. And then I worked with weapons for two years, yeah. so I kinda still was in that atmosphere. And now now I actually train soldiers every day. So I'm on Campbell every day. So I get to see all the camaraderie, all the joking and everything. So it's like I'm still there, but I can go home in the night.
1: So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. That's cool, that's cool. Cause actually I um I think I think eventually uh, that's something that I, that I really, I mean, I really feel in my spirit that I feel I need to be doing, you know, right. um, cause like I said, even out here in Jacksonville, you got the Navy base, you got actually multiple Navy bases up here in the Marine base. Um, but surprisingly it's actually uh, shoot a good number of amount of army personnel out here as well. Um, yeah, but like I said, I obviously feel that, um, that's something that I probably need to look to doing, right. you know? Because just being, you know, it, it, I guess it kind of sucks not being around, you know, service members. <laughs> yeah. you, the, you, you miss know. that weird humor we
0: have, and you can see that like yeah. every every class I teach, I can see the faces. The faces might be different, the names might be different, but the soldiers are still the same. They're, soldiers are always yeah. going to be the same. They're always going to be doing the same crazy stuff, no matter how much technology is in their hands. they be doing the same stuff to joke on each other or just be that kind of person in the room I just look around and see every soldier mm-hmm. I worked with or every soldier I had as a soldier. And it's amazing every day to see
1: that. Yeah. If I say it really is, man, you know. But uh but like I said, long story short, man, like um I kinda I kinda really think that um, when every soldier separates from service, um, you know, like even the organizations like the VFW and um uh, yeah, the Veterans of Foreign Wars and American Legion and, and places like that. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I would recommend that they sign up there. Okay. You know, I, I, you know, I, I mean, well, I guess really, I guess it's a stepping stone, you know, to kind of, uh, I guess surround yourself because, like I said, I, I think that's one thing that I wish I would have did when I first got out. I, I say that that's that's probably the only thing that I wish I would have did would have did differently. Uh, I should have signed up for like a VFW or something like that, like that because for a lot of those organizations, um, the majority of the members are the Vietnam air veterans. Yep. And, you know, a lot of guys are passing away and stuff. So, um, you know, they're eventually going to need replacements, you know, or shoot people to come in there and run it. Right. You know, so, uh, and that that's actually a conversation that I had with one of the guys. Up, he was like, you know, it just he well, he told well he told me it personally hurts him. He said because it seems like you know once all uh, they're gone, well once they're gone, that basically uh, nobody's really going to pass the torch along, you know. Right. So, yeah.
0: And most of them tell that they're just looking for someone to listen to their stories too. Because a lot of their families, exactly. they don't want it or they don't want to share the stuff that they did in the military with their families out of fear that it, they might think differently of them or something. So they look for for yeah. us, the younger generation, to talk to, or even their peers that are still around with them to share. So that's their their stepping stone to go there and get the the cheap draft beer, play bad pool, and tell stories.
1: So, yeah, that's their life. <laughs> I that's awesome, awesome though. Yeah, I about to say, yeah, you're right about it, it with the cheap draft beer. Because I remember when I first went in, I said, wait a second now. I said, look, your, your drinks are this cheap? <laughs> I was like, hmm, okay, yeah. So I did not know that all this long a time, you know. And, like, so I, I literally sat down. Like, they, you know, all the, all, I, I don't want to call them old heads, but they all welcomed me in. And said, oh, come on, come over here, sit with me, sit with us. I'm like, okay, cool, you know. Like I said, I'm the top. I'm the top person. Man. If I go into a new place, I, I try to, you know, you try to feel the place. Right. Out. <laughs> you know, but it was like you sitting over there like you scared everybody. So, okay, I'll come over here. <laughs> this ain't that kind of club. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, I kind of think they were trying to figure out who I was. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you,
0: <laughs> another, yeah. another organization you might want to look up to is a uh, Team Red, White, and Blue. Yeah, they're in uh, uh, Jacksonville. They're good because they bridge the gap between military and civilian by blending them together to do workouts and social events. So they're a pretty good
1: organization. Matter of fact, that's the same. That's the organization that you're a part of. I, I see you post stuff a lot of time. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, actually, yeah. Because um, matter of fact, I need to um, I need to get back on top of my cardio. Because I, yeah, I, 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 say, I, I see the posts and stuff that you do early in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, say, I, say, I keep track of you. I know. try. trying <laughs> to keep it up. Yeah,
0: I'm a little older than 32 mm-hmm. now, though. But uh, pain stays. A bit now.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, young man. It's great talking to you. Great catching up a little bit. Let's not uh, make uh, take it this long next time. You got my number. Same okay. number that came through on the text. You got my email. If you ever need anything, you know I'm here. Uh No questions asked. Just let me know what you need, and I'll I'll try to do what I can to help you out.
1: Okay. Well, I said likewise, and I, um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm I planning on making a trip up that way sometime soon. So I'll make sure to hit you up too. Yeah. Let me know, man. We'll get some dinner or something. All right. Well, said, that sounds great to me. All right.
0: Good talking to you. And thanks for being on the miss fit nation.
1: Alrighty. All right. Are you welcome? Right, bye-bye. Bye. That was
0: great catching up with Charles Davis Jr. As you can tell, he's extremely humble. However, he has never stopped hustling from the first time I met him in Korea in 2008 on Camp Stanley. I can't wait to see what he accomplishes next with all this time. So you know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on The Misfit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the the link as much as possible. We appreciate you. If you want, you can help us out by buying us a cup of coffee. The link will be on our page. As always, till the next time, You be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are the Misfit Nation.